Hey, y'all, you're listening to the Mother Far From Home podcast with me, your host, Rachel Norman. If you desperately need a common sense, down-to-earth perspective on how to mother well without losing it, living in constant stress, or needing to escape your life, you have come to the right place. Hello, lovely mamas. I am just very excited to come here today and talk about all my mistakes. Oh, yes. Um, I just thought it would be fun. I was thinking the other day, you know, as we like to look back and reflect a little, and I was just thinking, what are some of the the, the things that I really wish I wouldn't have done or that now going back and doing things differently in the time that I have been a mom in the past decade, what would I do different? And so I just flagged up a few of these. And I hope and think these are things that will probably resonate with you, but not in the sense of, oh, I should stop doing that, but in the sense of, oh, I don't have to do that. So I hope that is the sense that um, that we can, you know, get here from listening to this. So, and these are kind of, these might be random. These might, you might feel like they're not very applicable to you. I don't know, but I'm just not going to really filter myself. So hoping that it might resonate with somebody. So the first thing I put, and these are in no particular order, is that I kind of thought for quite a few years until I got cancer, actually, that it was like I was thinking that my kids were me. So let me explain. It was like things that were happening with my kids, instead of just being able to sort of objectively say, you know, this happened, this situation, it felt so personal, like it was me. I It my kids' behavior triggered me in a way that, you know, they triggered my own issues. And it was like the the things that happened to them that really weren't a big deal, I would make a big deal of, or it would feel like it was the end of the world. And so, I mean, I was pretty good about not yelling and still being calm and doing all those things, right? But I mean, internally, as most of all of these are my mistakes, I feel were really internal type struggles. So it was like, I thought they were me, or I thought they had the same baggage that I had. I thought, you know, I was a, my, my father was an alcoholic and I grew up with a single mom. And so I, it was like, I thought they had been abandoned. They had not been abandoned. Or I thought they would all be lonely since I was an only child. There is five of them. They are literally never lonely. They wish they could feel lonely. They all just would like to be lonely for a bit. So, but I, it was like, I put all of my issues on them as how they would react. And I almost like I made them have an adult brain, you know, like instead of just something simple, okay, we're going to go do this. We're not going to do this. And then maybe they cry or whine or it, it, you know, maybe they tell a little white lie about something. And then I'm like, you're gonna be a liar. You know, it was just, everything felt catastrophized. And I think that that was because it just felt like I had such deep reactions. And I was so, I hate to use such buzzwords like trigger, but I was so triggered by things that they did or reactions that they had instead of being able to just be like, they're just kids. This is totally normal. We're just going to keep on with the boundary, keep on carrying on. It really affected me in a different way. And I feel like it made me feel more dramatic and catastrophic inside. So it made me think parenting was much more serious at times than it was. Um, And so I feel like I have a little bit of baggage in my head from that. And I really have, uh, and and I'll tell you quickly, I realized when I was going through cancer, I was just, you know, um, I was taking on all of the pain of them. I had, I was diagnosed with very early stage 1A breast cancer, had an excellent prognosis. Um, So by all rights, I would, uh, you know, but still when you get cancer, you're just thinking through whether you die or not, you know, so that's what I was doing. And then I was just imagining how I was taking on all of their pain of losing their mother, basically. 
of losing a parent. And then I, and I was just sitting in my youngest room. He was two. And I just felt like God said, even if you die, they will be okay. Your, your kids will be okay. Like I will take care of them. So yes, they would feel pain. Yes, they would feel heartache, but they would be okay. They are not me. They are separate to me. And even if I go meet my maker early, they are separate to me. And it was like, there was just this separation. It was almost like I had enmeshed myself with them somehow. I'm not even sure what that word means, but, and then there was this separation like, oh, there they are. They are their own people. And, and I can't describe, it was, it was in the weeks and months and now years since then that I have realized how I parent differently, knowing that they're not me. You know, and this is like something bad happened to you at school. And so you won't send your kids to school, even though that might be better and they might like it or vice versa. Maybe it's, you know, something you didn't love homeschooling and, but that is what you feel you should do, but you won't do it because you get what I'm trying to say. We, when we put, yes, our own experiences inform our life choices and they inform what we believe is wise or not wise, but we can sort of enmesh ourselves and mix our identity up with our kids and not realize that they're separate people. And that will affect them later on, but that mainly just affected me. Ever wondered what it means to have boundaries in parenting with your own children? Well, I lived a boundaryless life. It did not turn out well for me or the kids. And I realized that I, like you, and every other mom on earth has limits. We have boundaries, whether we've realized it or not. And we need to honor them if we want to live peaceful lives. I like to joke that while my book is called If Mama Ain't Happy, the real goal here is not happiness. For most moms right now, that's pie in the sky. The real goal, sad as it is to say, is not being depressed and wanting to escape your own life. So if that's you, if that's where you're at, grab a copy of my new book, If Mama Ain't Happy, Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for Your Whole Family. You can buy the book any places books are sold. Or if you want to get a free copy of my Limit Locator and Boundary Building Worksheets, Google A Mother Far From Home, If Mama Ain't Happy. Choose the first link there at the top. So the second mistake I feel like I made, which was also internal, um, was thinking that everything I did sort of was going to damage them. I was just on hyper. Everything I do is going to hurt my kids alert. And it just sounds, even when I think back now, sometimes I'm like, oh man, I worked so hard to be a good mom. Like, obviously I have a whole business and a ministry for moms to encourage moms. Like I love parenting. Like as soon as I had my first, my daughter, my firstborn, I just knew immediately this was my purpose. Like this is a main focus of most of my life. Like I love it. I love it. I love it. And I tried so hard. Oh boy, I tried hard and I still do try hard. But it was like, even then I would think even these small things I did would damage them. Or if I would get impatient or, you know, somebody would spill something and then I would be like, oh, you know, I would just, it felt like all of my normal human reactions might damage them. And this was a heavy, heavy burden. It really was. And I think it's a burden that moms share and it can be hard to snap out of, but like kids are human and we are human and we, we can't think that us just being good, normal humans is going to be damaging to them. You know, it's damaging abuse, neglect, you know, emotional neglect. Um, it, these types of extreme things, they are damaging. And yes, certain Think memories can happen that stick in our mind. Maybe we remember one time we got really chastised um, and that really kind of hurt us, you know, but like 
if I look back at the times I got in trouble, I was doing something I wasn't supposed to do and I knew it, you know, so it's that there's a balance between feeling like we always have to be perfect and we can't be human. But even if our kids do something that's actually bad and wrong, that we have to be super gloves and not raise our voice and be very neutral and not do anything that might hurt their feelings. But like that doesn't, it doesn't play out is what I'm trying to say. It doesn't play how if somebody destroys, if one of your kids like destroys some of your stuff, uh, you know, they're say they're playing and they break something important of yours that you liked and you, and you just act like you don't care. This actually doesn't, this actually teaches them that it doesn't really matter what they do. There aren't that many consequences. So it's actually pretty normal for you to get mad in this case and and be upset and, and maybe even have, make them do restitution for this. That's actually okay and normal because then it teaches them. You can't just go breaking people's crap and think they don't care. You know what I mean? So we have to be careful that if we know we're patient, diligent, really working hard to be good moms, that these basic normal reactions we have aren't damaging them. Like that's just way too heavy of a, of a burden. Ever feel worried you aren't as connected with your child as you'd like to be? I have an easy tool to help you feel that connection. The connection that is already there, of course. I've put together 50 plus fun and interesting questions to ask your kids. They'll get you laughing and you'll learn a lot of interesting things about your child and maybe even about yourself. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com slash connect to get your free printable. That's 50 plus connection questions that you can use in just times of bonding, one-on-one times, even times in the car. So again, you can get it at amotherfarfromhome.com slash connect. So the next mistake I made, or I don't know if it was a mistake, it was just a, maybe a wrong perspective that I had, and, and I didn't know any different because, you know, how, uh, what is that saying? Hindsight's twenty twenty. So now as my kids are a bit older, I can look back and see, and that is that I felt like I needed to cram everything in super early, like almost like I was making my kids be older than they actually were and thinking I had to teach them everything they needed to know at that super early age. And so, you know, maybe they were three and I'm thinking you really, you you know, we need to know how to fold the laundry. We need to know how to do this. We need to know how to do. And yes, it's good to have them help. But I felt it was more so for me, again, an internal thing this drive that, and it was like, I didn't have peace that over time I was going to be able to equip them with what they needed to know. It felt like I have to teach them all everything now. If they don't know everything now, they're going to get in a really big jam. So it, it was more that I didn't see the time I had with them and spread that out and kind of use my intuition or, you know, good common sense and wisdom to guide me in the moment. Like this particular thing is good enough. Um, if that makes sense. So that is one thing that I look back on and think I felt a lot of pressure to teach them things that might even have been a a bit over their age because I just wasn't sure that I would fit all of that in. And that actually leads me to talk about my community for moms that just launched that's called Life School at Home, where we're getting ready for our kids one skill at a time. And because this was so important to me, again, it was one of my one of my mistakes thinking I needed to cram it all in. I wanted to create kind of a blueprint for moms to be able to each month teach one skill or a closely related set of skills in one of the six life skill areas. And the life skill areas are relationship and community, health and safety, chores, self-management, finances, 
Oh, so personal care. I think it's the last one. To teach one skill or closely related skill each month so that I can be sure that by the time they launch into the world, that they will be equipped instead of feeling like I need to cram it all in now or on the opposite end, not doing anything and feeling like I need to cram it in later. So if that's something that you are also thinking about or struggle with, then I encourage you to check it out at lifeschoolathome.com. That's lifeschoolathome.com. So my next thing, and this came to a head actually probably last summer. Now, I'm an only child, so nothing was ever made equal or fair for me. If it was a kid thing, it was mine, right? So I didn't grow up sharing or splitting or dividing. But my husband did. He was one of three, and they didn't. They grew up without money, so everything had to be stretched and divided and be, you know, whatever. So that was kind of brought into our family situation, and then because we have five. But it became this idea that everything needed to be the same or the same amount became like this tyranny that I was living under. So, you know, we had some chocolate milk if people wanted it and there wasn't really enough for everybody to have a full glass. It was like, here we are trying to divide and give everybody one shot glass of chocolate milk. So as this was happening, I didn't love it, right? But I guess I thought, well, this just needs to be what, I guess this is just what families do. And so, you know, then if we would have four pieces of bread, it was like we had to try to cut them up by five. So finally one day when they were coming to me because this wasn't fair, that wasn't fair. We only had four honest juices and not five. And what am I going to cut them all up? And finally, I just kind of lost it. And I was like, I am, I was in, in a, I was in a really difficult life stage. We were having a kind of a personal crisis and I was, and I really had no patience. And so that almost was a gift because it allowed me to crack. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I'm literally not living for this tyranny of not enough. Everything has to be perfectly equal and fair. No, if we have four honest juices, four kids get one, one doesn't, it's okay. Because guess what? You guys got lots of great things. You're going to get a juice another time. You know what? You don't get the chocolate milk. Oh, well, you can get it another time. Maybe the next time you get the first glass, like just you get what you get. You don't put your fit. Just be happy that, you know, and so it was like, I finally just because I think that sounds a bit cruel how I'm saying it like this, but it, it was a tyranny and it was, it made them. I can't, it almost pit them against each other all the time to make sure nobody had something they didn't. I felt like the fruit of making everything equal was so bad. I just basically stopped doing it. So my husband struggles to stop doing this because this is how he, uh, you know, grew up, but he sees the fruit in our own kids and it just doesn't work. And I will tell you, since I've stopped doing that, it's since I've stopped doing that, it's just, there's just less fighting about things. It's like, okay, I can have the rest of that and that's okay. And then the, the another child can get something else. Like we have enough food, we have enough stuff, nobody's deprived, they have a good life, it's okay. So I actually feel like the kids are more settled and more grateful and less on the lookout for inequality since they're just like, yeah, that's it. We're not all gonna get the same thing. And nobody has been like perpetually missing out on something either. So I don't know if that's a random thing nobody else goes through. But for me, just this, it was a true tyranny of trying to make everything equal. And I just, I had to let it go. And it's honestly better since I've let it go for me and them. The fact of the matter is family routines make the home go round and they aren't just for the kids. I'm a certified baby and toddler sleep consultant, language of listening parent coach, and mother of five kids at one point in five years and under. If there's one thing that's true, it's this. Without daily routines and systems in place, life is chaotic, stressful, and anxiety-inducing. 
The only way to get our mom responsibilities done in peace is this, family routines. Simple family rhythms give you predictability, organization, and calm. My best-selling workshop, Family Routines Reboot, is a three-day challenge to creating easy, effective family routines that make family life peaceful again. It focuses on the whole family routines, child routines, and self-care routines. Visit a mother far from home slash reboot for more details. Again, it's a mother far from home slash reboot. So the next thing that I would say is a mistake, and again, this 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 one was internal, I guess, that making everything fair was an external one. But actually that's the only external one. All the rest of them are just me and my own issues in my head. So the but the next um sort of mistake I made, I guess, or the thing I kind of regret doing that caused me angst, let's put it like that, was feeling guilty for disciplining. So I know now people can feel like the word discipline is icky and we just want to say parenting instead of discipline. And I guess maybe they are interchangeable, you know, in some ways. But so for me, it was this sense again, and I think this ties back into thinking everything I did damaged my kids. It was like I felt that if I got them trouble for doing wrong, I, it, I felt so guilty. Like I felt as though they needed to be able to do anything they wanted to do, whether it was bad or good. And the result should not hurt their feelings at all. That's kind of where my internal place landed. And if anything seemed to bother them or hurt them, or if I made them feel bad because they did bad, or if their own guilt and shame mechanisms that are God given went into play, like they did something wrong and they felt guilty and ashamed, and then I would feel guilty, they felt guilty. I mean, it was just all strung out. I was just so, so much guilt. I had so much guilt that I was just like kind of living with here. And it really made parenting feel like a drag because we're, we all do things that we know aren't good. Our kids can do, you know, they need to learn like even, and, and of course we want to love them and treat them well and value them. Right. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you obviously do value your kids. Otherwise you put me listening to a podcast on parenting, but this sense that we can't, it, it's almost like if we make them us, we don't want to make them feel bad for doing something because we don't like to feel bad either. I, I, don't, I don't really know how to describe it, but I kind of just one day my kids did something. We had a period during this time I mentioned earlier of crises and the kids were all just crazily acting out. And a few of them did something really, not, I'm not going to share it on the internet, did something not good. And it was like that broke it for me because I thought, oh, no, no, this ain't happening. My kids ain't growing up doing this type of shenanigan at this young age, thinking it doesn't have any consequences. They're about to find out different. And so that kind of broke that yoke for me. And now I wouldn't even say I'm that strict. Like, I think if you ask my kids, is your mom really strict? I honestly think they would say no. Because we don't have tons of rules, but I do expect them to act with decency and do what I tell them to do at the times I tell them to do and not hurt each other. I mean, you know, just some basic things here. And so we don't have tons of little tiny micro rules. But now I feel much like if something happens that just wasn't good and you know how kids just normally like fighting. He said this, she said this, then they're both kicking or whatever. I don't know. I have four boys. So sometimes their fights can turn physical bad. You know, they haven't they're not teenagers or anything. So maybe they'll brawl later, but not even anything like that, but just basic squall squabbling and fighting. And I can just see both sides separate from me and be like, eh, eh, eh. no, we can talk it out. You guys can not ever that why this happened, but that's not okay. And that's not okay. 
And it's perfectly fine that I'm telling you this. And I feel 0% bad. And that is a good place to be. So I just think if you're not in that place, if you feel guilty getting your kids you know, disciplining them, that it's something to journal out. Why does this make me feel bad? Why, what is the thing I'm worried is going to happen if I do this? And it might enlighten you a little bit. Do you feel like your days go by in a blur and all those things you meant to get done never really get done? The good news is it isn't because you don't have enough self-discipline or because you're just lazy. It's because you need better routines. I created some daily routine brainstorm sheets with lots of examples for routines based on your kids' ages that you can get free on my website. Go to amotherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets. That's amotherfarfromhome.com slash routine sheets and grab these free printables. And the last thing that I kind of did, which again was an internal one, was I, I sort of internalized or established in my heart that it was sort of damaging to the kids to be away from them. So, and this was when they were young, and I'm not talking about long periods even, but and, and I would take a little time here or there, but I just had this sense that if I wasn't with them all the time, that they would be unloved and not okay. And I think this went back to thinking my kids were me, thinking everything I did damaged them. I think it went back into, and the guilt. So I guess all of these things were kind of related. They all make sense. They all go together. But I just felt like if they were out of my, it's almost like I was tethered so closely to them. If I left to do anything, it felt like I, I was putting their life at risk or something. That's kind of how it felt inside a bit severely, you know? And if I would have to go somewhere, whether it was for work or something for a little bit, I just, it was, it would eat me up. Like I shouldn't be doing this five hour work thing because my kids need me, you know, as though they weren't asleep two or three of those hours and then eating and barely noticing I was gone, you know? So that I think also broke when I had cancer because when I had to go for my cancer treatments and appointments, I had to go every week for a day or two, four hours away. And at the same time, it was when I realized, oh, they're not me. They're okay. You know, my mom was taking care of them. My mother-in-law was taking care of them. My mother's helper that I had at that time was helping take care of them. They had so many people to love them and they didn't forget about me when I was gone for a day or two. It sort of broke that stronghold of feeling like I can never get away because it damages them. And I heard um, somebody mention on a podcast the other day that, no, somebody mentioned a comment on my YouTube channel that, which is just a mother far from home on YouTube. And I talk about similar stuff as I do here, but it it was said like, I can't ever leave them because then I'm just, I, I, that's where, that's my world. And then everything just goes like, goes inside. Everything goes nuts if I'm not by my kids. And this person meant it as a good thing. And I want, I didn't say this because that, you know, I'm not getting in a fight with somebody on YouTube who's just telling me their perspective. Of course, her perspective is valid and it's true for her. But I want to say, if we feel like that, we're going to have a real hard time when they go because we're going to feel like we are, they have abandoned us. Like them growing up is going to feel like a punishment to us if we can't even be away from them for a little bit. So even now I don't go places like that often. My mom will watch the kids if my husband and I want to go somewhere or occasionally I'll go, you know, but I don't feel bad taking a few hours here or there or evening or a day. It's just, it's more, do I want to be at home or do I want to go somewhere? And then instead of this guilt that's driving all of those decisions. So 
I don't know if any of these related to you, but if you've been here this long, listen to all of them, they might have. And so I hope that it's just given you, you know, something to think about. And I would just encourage you to journal through your fears and to be ruthless in your, you know, be ruthless in acceptance of how it is and not go into denial about it and just really journal out or talk to a friend, pray through what you're feeling and why and keep digging deeper. Why do I do this? Why does it matter? Why would it be so bad? What's the worst that could happen? And then sometimes you can blow right through these things and have a big breakthrough, just spending a little more time on them. So I hope this encouraged you and I will talk to you next time. As always, thanks so much for listening to this podcast. You can find me on my website, A Mother Far From Home, and on YouTube under the same name. If you like this podcast, I'd love it if you could write a five-star review. and It'll help all the algorithms to get it in front of other moms who benefit from this encouragement. Until next time, keep it real out there, mama.